a Yankee fan by refusing to take me to Ebbets Field before the Dodgers left Brooklyn. I was probably the only Jewish kid in New York who didn't root for Koufax. I rooted for the Gentiles and the Bronx instead, a fate sealed by the proximity of my grandmother's apartment to the house that Ruth built. I watched the World Series from the second-floor ballroom of the Concourse Plaza Hotel during high holiday services. I went to synagogue to pray the Yankees wouldn't have to face Sandy Koufax. Though I was a devoted subscriber to Life magazine, I don't remember seeing the August 1963 issue with him on the cover. It is an iconic Norman Rockwell treatment. At age 10, I somehow failed to notice his importance. I was a Yankee fan first, a Jew second. I was assimilated. I did not feel compelled by Judaism to place him above baseball. Twenty years later, I was covering the U.S. Open tennis matches for the Washington Post on Yom Kippur. It was the day the Korean airliner was shot down over Soviet airspace. Deadlines were tight. I remember being pressured in something else, a discomfort in my own skin. I remember thinking, Sandy Koufax didn't pitch on Yom Kippur. I have not worked on the high holidays since. Sandy Koufax had made himself at home in my soul. In this, I'm not alone. In Vero Beach, Florida, I met John Gentilin, a regular at Dodger Fantasy Camp who lived next door to him for a while in California. At a family reunion one day, 40 of his tipsiest relatives, most of them female, spotted Koufax watering his trees and barreled down the hillside like a herd of elephants screeching, Sandy! Gentilin was mortified. Koufax signed an autograph for each of them. In the suburbs of New York, I found David Sachs, a camper at Camp Chiwanda in 1953, who'd been having recurring dreams about his bunk counselor, Sandy Koufax, ever since. In his dreams, he gets to ask Koufax what so many others have wondered. How did you become that great? How did that happen? In Manhattan, I met a woman named Shirley at the 72nd anniversary gala of the Jewish Community House of Bensonhurst, where Koufax played on the 1951 National Jewish Welfare Board Championship basketball team. A fleshy arm attached to a big voice and a firm grip took me by the wrist. You would like maybe to create a Jewish memory? I assured her I had plenty. So why are you here, Shirley said, disappointed. I explained my purpose, finding people who had known Koufax in Brooklyn. In an instant, she was dragging me across the ballroom, dodging vats of kosher dill pickles and mounds of chopped liver, bellowing at the top of her considerable lungs. Anybody here know Sandy? Everything stopped. Mel Goldfader, the event chair, stepped forward. While he couldn't claim to know Koufax, they had spoken when Koufax telephoned his regrets. Goldfader still hadn't gotten over it. He called me sir. I have met Koufax collectors and Koufax completionists. In Washington, I was introduced to Michael Levitt, whose youthful devotion to Koufax led to an adult passion for collecting the baseball card of every Jewish major leaguer. He has 128 of the 148 he covets. In Philadelphia, I discovered Phil Paul, whose ambition is to acquire a ticket stub from each of Koufax's 165 victories. So far, he's got 107, including all four no-hitters, the World Series games, the record strikeout performances, and two one-hitters. Stubs cost him anywhere from $20 to $40. A full ticket is double the price. My holy grail, the one game I really need, is his first win, 
August 27, 1955, Paul said. There were only 10,000 people at Ebbets Field, paying customers at night, 7,204. On a mountaintop in Southern California, I met Buzzy Bavese, former general manager of the Dodgers, in his study overlooking the Pacific. He's retired from baseball, but not from storytelling. In all my years in baseball, I never saved a thing, he said. About two years ago, I decided to get autographed balls from friends of mine, people I knew in the Hall of Fame. So I got 22 of them. Among them, Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio, Stan Musial, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron. Somebody broke in here. What do you think they took? One ball. Sandy's. I never laughed so much in my life. A few hundred miles north in a subdivision of Cape Cod townhouses in the outwash sprawl east of Los Angeles, I met Pete Bonfils, a former Dodger.